Thank you, Pastor Angie. Awesome. Good morning. How is everybody doing this morning? Man, I am so excited to be here with everybody this morning. I'm so excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I'm excited to be able to share the word with you this morning. Oh my goodness, it is such an honor to be able to be up here. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. So as Pastor, uh, as Pastor Angie said, Pastor Zach and Pastor Heather are uh, out of town. They're enjoying time as a family. They're enjoying time together. They're enjoying time of ministry in uh, Louisiana. So we want to we wanna bless them and keep them in prayer this morning and honor them uh, for what they're doing as well. So um, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Whew. So it's Thanksgiving week, everybody. It's Thanksgiving week, and I, I wanted to. I was I was trying to figure out. Okay, what am I gonna? What am I? What, what are we preaching about? What are we talking about today for Thanksgiving week? And the Lord was like, uh, "Thankfulness." <laughs> okay, cool. So this morning we're just gonna have a little fun. We're gonna dive into the Word. We're gonna we're going to let the Holy Spirit take over uh, the service here today, and we're just gonna have a conversation about thankfulness. Is that all right with everybody? Bless the Lord. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about obtaining. Thankfulness. So the, the obtaining of any virtue, the obtaining of, of any virtue requires habitually practicing that virtue. It requires habitually practicing that virtue. So how many of you, and you, you don't have to show your hands if you don't want to, it's okay, I totally get it, I will, I'll tell them myself, but how many of you have ever had good intentions with a diet before and stopped yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, multiple times. My, my biggest achievement of diets is stopping them. Bless the Lord. So, but I think like, you know, I, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't enjoying the process. You know, like we'd eat a salad, right? And then we'd go to the, we'd go to the, uh, to the uh, uh, scale the next morning and be like, oh, it didn't work, right? <laughs> Why isn't this working? Why isn't this working? How about working out? Has anyone ever tried to work out and then like stopped? Yeah, me too. Bless the Lord for all of you who are faithful with that. That's awesome. If you all know, don't know, which I'm sure that you do, Pastor Heather is a beast with working out. And Megan as well is a beast with working out. Man, they're like, you know what, you know what sounds enjoyment right now? <laughs> Not to me, I don't know, but you know what sounds enjoying right now? Let's go run three miles and then lift some weights and then do some more cardio and then we'll start our workout. <laughs> right? I'm like, yeah, man, bless you all for doing that. That's awesome. <laughs> so how about, how about some other things? How about, how about love? How about love and joy and peace? How about, how about patience? How about patience? How about kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness? How about self-control? Ooh, Pastor Brandon, don't be stepping on my toes like that and telling me I'm stopping those things, right? I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to myself this morning too, right? Is, is we have to habitually practice these things in order to be able to walk them out and fully obtain them. How about thankfulness? How about thankfulness? Is, is anyone, has anyone ever, and, and I, I apologize for asking so many questions here, but, you know, I'm a youth pastor, and so we, we do this, and we go back and forth, and, you know, just it brings it home a little bit, a little bit more. But 
But has anybody ever been doing great at being thankful? And then all of a sudden stopped a little bit down the road and stopped and said, Ooh, I'm grumbling a little bit. Ooh, I'm complaining a little bit. Oh, I'm taking stuff for granted just a little bit. Where did my thankfulness go to? Where did my thankfulness go to? On average, according to science and studies and a ton of research and people who are way above my knowledge and, and, and pay scale here, um, it takes anywhere between 20 and 200 days to form a habit. On average, it takes 66 days straight, 66 days straight for that habit to become an automatic part of our life. 66 days. I don't think I've ever stuck with a diet or a workout for 66 days straight. <laughs> but but how about how about how about you know we we take a look at things and we wonder why isn't it happening? Why isn't this natural to me? Why isn't this like my second nature? Why am I not walking in all of these things? And and I think that we have to take a look and realize that maybe it's because of the fact that we're not making a habit of trying to walk those things out. Maybe maybe we maybe we need to be habitually practicing the fruit of the spirit. Maybe we need to be habitually practicing getting in the word and putting ourselves into a place of allurement and getting ourselves into a place of worship and getting ourselves into a place of being here every time the doors are open and getting ourselves into a place of opening our pocketbooks and tithing every single time that we get paid, right? Because it's the habit that allows us to be able to obtain the natural lifestyle of that. So as we practice thankfulness, I want to encourage you this morning in practice, practicing thankfulness, it, it, it's not going to make us an expert in thankfulness. Okay? It's not going to make you an expert at working out because it becomes a habit. It's not going to make you uh, an expert at, at whatever it is, right? But what it will do is it will transform it from an act into a lifestyle, right? And so we're going we're gonna to dive in and talk about being transformed into a lifestyle of thankfulness. We're going to flip over to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verses 16 through 17. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. I don't know about y'all, but we serve, and no, but we serve a pretty big God. We serve a pretty faithful God. We serve a God right here that tells us in his word, in his scripture, that there is no variation or shadow due to change. Our circumstances might change, and our family dynamics might change, and our pay might change, and our health might change, and our bank account might change, and everything in life might change. Our relationships could change. Our, our every day, the way that we do things could change, but, but it doesn't matter if it's for the positive or for the negative. We have a God who never changes changes. We have a God who is the same yesterday and today and forever. So the God who did it in the Bible is still able to do it today. And the God who's doing it for you today has got you held and he's going to do it in the future. 
He's going to do it. He is faithful. He is never changing. There is no variation. There is no shadow. There is no turning from Jesus. Never changing. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever, right? The Father of lights. And I wanted to get a little, a little deeper in here, and I said, okay, God, this is awesome. Why is Father of lights jumping off the page to me? And, and so I, I had to do a little research, and I had to dig into it. And, and the word for Father in the Greek means the generator, the originator, and the transmitter. The generator, the originator, and the transmitter of lights. I said, okay, God, what does that mean? He said, to, to, so, I, so I did a little research of lights, right? Of lights, the, the definition of lights is to shine or make manifest, especially by rays, purity of truth and knowledge. Purity of truth and knowledge. He is the generator, the originator, the transmitter of light, especially by rays. The generator and the transmitter of purity. The generator and the transmitter of knowledge. The generator and the transmitter of, of truth. See, we'll, we'll grow closer to God and learn to be thankful when we understand the truth of the scripture and we're rooted in purity, in knowledge, in truth of Christ. Thanksgiving in the holiday season, bless the Lord, we're coming into, into that this week. I want to encourage you to carry the Father of lights with you. I want to encourage you to, to walk with Jesus this holiday season. Well, Pastor Brandon, you, you, don't, you don't really know my family. Nope, but I know mine. You don't really know my dynamics, no, but I know mine, right? But, but, <laughs> but we can carry the Father of lights with us. We can carry the one who doesn't change, who doesn't ever have a shadow of turning. We can walk in Jesus and carry him with us. See, the woman with the issue of blood, and I have to go back to this scripture, right? And it's come up multiple times in the past few weeks, but the woman with the issue of blood, she pressed through the crowd, and she pressed through the shame, and she pressed through her circumstances, and she pressed through everything that she knew, and it says that she reached out and she touched the hem of his garment, and the word for touched is actually to lay hold of. So I want to encourage you here this morning to not not only through this holiday season be thankful, but, but to press into Jesus and to press in through the crowd and to press through the circumstances and lay hold of Jesus. Lay hold of the hem of his garment. Lay hold of the Father of lights. Lay hold of the power of Jesus and get our flesh out of the way. Sometimes the biggest cause of our problems is us. Right, The biggest cause of my problem sometimes is me because I won't step out of the way and just allow God to work in the situation. Right, Instead, I'm trying to fix it when in all reality, I should be getting out of the way and saying, God, I don't know how to pray, but he tells us how to pray. He tells us to pray in the spirit. You know what I'm saying? Sit down and allow the Lord to work and allow the Holy Spirit to minister and allow the Holy Spirit to walk with you to minister in the situation. 
Did you all know that there's power in your thanks? There's power in your thanks. Psalm 100, verses 4 through 5. It says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. That does not sound like a suggestion to me. <laughs> enter his courts with thanksgiving. Enter his, enter his gates with thanksgiving. His courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And his faithfulness to all generations. All generations. All generation. So not just us. So wait a second. You mean that our praise doesn't just affect us? You mean our praise and our thanksgiving when we enter the courts of thanksgiving and, and, and bless his name that it doesn't just affect us? No, 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 no. It affects our generation. It affects our next generation. It affects our kids. It affects our grandbabies. It affects their children. It affects even sometimes it can go upward in the generations, which I have seen, and affecting the generations prior to us because of the fact that God breaks every single chain. When we walk in with thanksgiving, when we walk in with praise, when we bless the name of the Lord, when he is able to inhabit the praises of his people, when when when, when Psalm 22 verse 3 uh, says, yet you are holy enthroned on the praises of Israel. He is enthroned. He comes in. The word for enthroned uh, means to dwell and to sit down, right? To sit down. And your praises. To sit down in your praises. I don't know about y'all, but I have some situations and some circumstances that I just need to get out of the way and praise a little bit. I need to get out of the way and be thankful a little bit. I need to get my flesh out of the way and say, come Holy Spirit and allow him to work how he wants to work, not in the realm and confines of my expectations of telling him how to work, but just taking my hands off and saying, God, I'm going to praise you anyway. I'm going to thank you anyway. I'm going to bless your name anyway. I'm going to get excited anyway. I'm going to praise myself happy. I'm going to pray myself happy. It doesn't matter how grim it looks, right? I'm going to bless and praise the name of the Lord. And he says that he is enthroned in those praises. So I don't know about y'all, but I have some circumstances that I just need Jesus to walk in and sit down right in the middle of. Just sit down right in the middle of. And, and so I want to ask you a question is, what would, our, what would our day and our holiday season be like? What would our daily activities look like? What, what, what would our daily conversations look like? What would our daily interactions look like? What would your job look like? What would your Thanksgiving table look like? And some of y'all are like, ooh, man. That's drama. That's drama. Not if Jesus sits down. Not if Jesus sits down, but what would it look like if we entered the throne room before we entered social media? Or before we entered the news? Or before we entered the newspaper? Or before we entered our relative's house? What would that look like? 
How would that change the atmosphere if we, if, we, if we walked into the courts and just spent a little time thanking Jesus? If we just spent a little time in worship, if we spent a little time getting Jesus all over us before we walked into our family's house, what would that look like? Your, your Thanksgiving table might turn into an altar. Instead of the drama and the arguments that some of us go through, right, it might all of a sudden turn into a prayer meeting and salvation's happening. And I'm telling you, when Jesus sits down in the middle of your situation, shoo, when Jesus sits down, when the Father of lights, what does light do? It illuminates. It gets the darkness out. There is no room for darkness when light is present, right? Dark ceases to exist when light is in the room. And so what would it look like if we just praised him for a little bit and allowed our situation to change from the Father of lights? Invite the light to your celebrations. Allow our steps and our conversations to be ordained and orchestrated by Jesus. All of a sudden, we realize the goodness of God, and we taste and see that the Lord is good. We experience him. We know him. It's, it's, a, it's a yada. It's, a, it's an experiential knowing. It's not just a head knowledge, but all of a sudden, we are able to walk in and experience step by step and word by word and day by day and conversation by conversation. And all of a sudden, we realize that when we, when we, when we like something, you keep doing it, right? Oh, that tastes good. I'm going to eat more. <laughs> That's my problem. Yeah. <laughs> all right, it's just the wrong stuff. Right? Oh, man, I feel good. I'm going to do that again. Hey, I like that show. I'm going to keep watching it. Hey, I like that scripture. I'm going to keep studying it. Hey, I'm going to do this, right? And all of a sudden, right, when we start changing our perspective and focus on the things of the Lord and when we start focusing on praise and when we realize that that changes us, when we realize that that because it changes us, it changes our atmosphere, it changes our circumstances, it changes everything about us, we start to walk and habitually practice the things of the Lord, and we all of a sudden find ourselves moving from an act of thankfulness into a lifestyle of thankfulness. We need to regularly practice thanks. It's not just a, not just a day not just a season. Now, mind you, I, I love the whole sitting around the table and saying, hey, what are you thankful for today? What are you thankful for? Right? There's something that happens. Y'all ever do that around your Thanksgiving table, right? And that might be the only time of year that, that anybody can, can agree <laughs> on, on, on some things is, is, is the time where, where, you, where you just are thankful. What are you thankful for? And I encourage you, when you wake up in the morning, right, instead of allowing or waiting for a season to come or a particular day to come, right, when you wake up, when you sit up out of bed, Jesus, thank you 
Jesus, thank you. (laughs) Jesus, thank you. Thank you that I'm able to wake up this morning. Thank you that I have breath in my lungs. Thank you that I'm healthy. Thank you that I have a roof over my head, that I'm able to wake up in a warm bed this morning. Thank you that I don't have to worry about what I'm about to eat for breakfast, or I don't have to worry about if I have running water this morning. I, I thank you that, that I have uh, the, the health of my children and, and the health of my spouse, and I thank you that I have you know the, the healthy church and healthy pastors who lead in a biblical way, and I, I thank you that we have doors to walk into on a weekly basis to be able to gather together and, and worship you and I, I, I just, I just want to thank you, Jesus. I just want to thank you. I love thanking Jesus on a Monday morning, man. I love thanking Jesus on a Monday morning. You know why? Because it gets me out of the way, and I'm like, it is going to be a marvelous Monday. Right? Some people wake up and they're like, oh, we're living for the weekend. Right? And I'm like, man, y'all live for Jesus. Okay. But Monday they come, right? And I see all these posts on Facebook. Like, oh, it's Monday again. Oh, it's Monday again. Oh, I got to go back to work. Right? And I'm like, you have a job. Right? You have provision. The Lord's taking care of you, man. Y'all, okay. I'm getting too practical now. All right. Jesus, right? But but wake up and thank him. It'll train it'll change your day. It'll change your mindset. Focus on Thanksgiving. Focus on Jesus. Focus on Thanksgiving, focus on Jesus. So you see do y'all, y'all ever notice you see what you look for? Right? You see what you look for? Uh, sometimes uh, because of the fact that we're not looking for things, right? They can be hidden in plain sight. Um, I remember one time when I was a kid, my, my parents uh, would laugh like every single time I would hang up my coat. And I'm like, why are you guys laughing every time I hang up my coat? Like I started getting a little self-conscious, like I hung it up weird or something or in the wrong place or, you know. But I realized like afterwards it was because of the fact that they hid an unwrapped Christmas present right inside the coat closet in front of my face. And I would, I would, I would see it like five times a day, but I didn't see it because I wasn't looking for it, right? Uh, the other day I was, I was looking for, uh, I, was, I was preparing, helping prepare dinner, and I'm like, what? where's our strainer? Where's our, col-? you know, the colander, the, the strainer, it's trying to, like, drain water, and I'm like, where is this thing? And I'm, like, looking at all the cupboards, and I'm looking above, and I'm looking below, right? And I'm like, where in the world is this? I'm looking at all the usual places, and I said, Chris, where, where's, where's our, where's our strainer at? Right? She comes and she goes, it's right, it's right here. I'm like, no, 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 I looked there already. <clears throat> yeah, she pulled it out right away. She's like, no, it's right here, right? But it was buried a little bit. That, that's not an excuse. I'm just trying to make myself sound better in the situation. It's not working. So, no, but she walked in and she pulled it right out. She's like, it's right here, right? So sometimes things can be hidden right in front of our face and hidden in plain sight. Y'all ever, y'all ever have the, uh, the, the, the new car effect? The new car effect, and you're like, oh, my goodness, I'm about to buy this car because it's unique and it's awesome and it's in a special color, and I just feel super special. 
and it's going to be awesome. And then you're driving it down the road off the lot, and you're like, oh, my goodness, there's one, there's one, there's one, right? And all of a sudden, you realize it's not so unique because you, you see what you're looking for, right? And we realize that it's the new car effect. And, and that happens positively, and it also happens negatively, right? So, so what, are we, what are we looking for? What are we focused on? Where is our perspective at? I know that nobody in here is like this. Thank the Lord. I know that no one in here is like this, but you ever seen those people coming down the hallway and you're like, <laughs> right? And you're trying to die because, they, because it's always negativity. I don't want to be that. I don't want to look at the negative all the time. I, I want to I look for the positive. I want to I look for the things that I can be thankful for. I, I want to I set my eyes and set my gaze upon Jesus. I, I, I want to I see him for who he truly is. I, I want to I I look at him and say, God, take the veil away from my eyes that, that I can see you in all of your glory and all of your splendor and all of your majesty. And, and, and Lord, just allow me to, to, to see what to be thankful for. Romans 8.5 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according, but, but, those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. So, so wait, our minds are set according to how we live? I would venture to say that how we live is, is also affected by what we set our minds to. That's why Scripture tells us to, 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 to renew our minds. <laughs> that's, why, that's why we're not supposed to get bogged down in the negativity, right? But we're supposed to live by the Spirit, not by the flesh. I count it all loss. Y'all, when you see Jesus, <laughs> when you see Jesus, everything else around you becomes loss. Everything else around you becomes a, a, a whole lot more dim. The things that we used to chase after, we don't care about no more because why? Our eyes are focused and set upon Jesus. Psalm 121 verses 1 through 2 says, I lift my eyes to the hills from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth, right? I lift my eyes. I change my perspective. I, I change what I'm looking for. I change what I'm looking at, right? If I'm, if I'm heading into the holiday season and Thanksgiving and I, and I am looking at the drama that could happen, Maybe that's just me sometimes that does that, right? But, but looking at the drama that could happen, instead of focusing on what could happen or what might happen or what has historically happened, what if we did that and changed our perspective and instead of looking here, I'm saying, Jesus, right? I'm, I'm answering the courts again with thanksgiving. I'm praising his name, I'm blessing his name before I even do anything. I've officially changed my perspective from outward to up. 
praise and give thanksgiving when all is well and when all is not well. What does this look like? Y'all, can I, can I pick on you for one second? <laughs> so praise when all is well and when all is not well. So Miss Kathy, most of you know, uh, had, a, had a, a, an accident um, here a little while ago, and, and she, she ended up getting hit uh, by, a, by a pickup truck, um, except she wasn't in a car. She was walking across the sidewalk, and I, I'm like, man, y'all, you, you got you to one-up. I mean that's that's new level. Okay, that's not a car accident. Like that's a that's a car accident, right? And so she gets hit by this vehicle, and all of a sudden, like like before before the scene is even closed, before the police are gone, before she goes to the hospital, whatever, the main thing on her mind was, hey, let me see that guy. Hey, hey, let him, let him, let him, let him, let him come over here, right? And 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 what did she do, man? She praised and gave thanksgiving to the Lord, and she prayed with him. Do you know Jesus? <laughs> do you know Jesus? Let me let me let me tell you about him. Let me let me pray with you. Let me bring the Holy Spirit into the situation. And so, praise when all is well, and when all is not well. I gotta I gotta head back to James. Chapter 1, verses 2 through 3, and it says, count it all joy. Y'all look at your neighbor and say, count it all joy. All of it. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. There's something that happens when you stay faithful to Christ, there's something that happens when you praise anyway. There's something that happens when you pray anyway. There's something that happens when you refuse to get bogged down by your, oh, this is a trial. And, oh, you know what? Thank you, God, for this trial. I thank you that this is going to make me smarter. I thank you this is going to make me better on the other side, right? And we continue to walk. There's something that happens, right? And it says that it produces steadfastness. So the next time when a trial comes, right, we're not as bogged down. We're not freaked out by it because we have developed a steadfastness of our spirit. We have developed a greater faith in our spirit to be able to walk through those circumstances and count them joy. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is the will of Christ. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. No one said that the Christian life was going to be easy. And if they did, I got a secret for you, they lied. <laughs> they did. I hate to break it to you, but they did. It's not going to be easy, but we can count it all joy. And, and, and my question is, is are you walking in the calling of Jesus? My question is, are you walking in the will of the Lord? Are, 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 you, are you allowing your steps to be ordained so that even in the trial, even in the circumstance, even in the things that come against us, we can still say, I count it all joy. I count it all joy. I give thanks in all circumstances. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus because I'm walking it out. I'm walking it out. 
Psalm 139, verses 7 through 10 says, Where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, your right hand shall hold me. There is nowhere that we can go. There is nothing that can happen to you. There is no circumstance that can come against you. There is nothing that can transpire in your life that you will be able to flee from the presence of God. Even if you choose to not walk in it, we can choose to do that. We can choose to not walk in the presence of God. We can choose to turn our back on God. We can choose to walk away from God. I did that as a teenager. But through the entire time, he had his hand on my life. The entire time, he was walking with me because I made my bed in hell. And I loved it. I laid in it. But his presence never departed from me. Someone, I, I just, I'm stuck. I'm stuck on this. I think someone needs to, someone needs to be encouraged by this. I, I went through, I went through a time in my, in my youth. I went through a time in my youth where I was diagnosed a functioning alcoholic in my freshman year of high school. I could, I couldn't go without a drink. I got involved with some pretty gnarly people, some pretty nasty situations. Some people who wanted to hurt me a lot. <laughs> I got involved with, with selling drugs. I, I would take them and I would sell them, but I, I found it more enjoyable to sell than I did to take. I got involved in gang activity. I got involved in promiscuity. I got involved in self-harm and, and, some, and some pretty crazy things. I remember multiple times, there was, there was one time, and, and again, I, I'm, I'm stuck on this. I, we went on, a, uh, we went on a, a choir trip to... Um, Myrtle Beach. We we stayed up on this hotel and it was like the sixth floor, the ninth floor, something like that. It was it was pretty it was up there. And I thought it would be a really great idea uh, that I was going to drink a half a bottle of vodka and, and, and smoke some weed at the same time. And then I went out on the balcony. Because, <laughs> you know, what else do you do when you do that? <laughs> I went out on the balcony, and, and I remember everything looking kind of blurry. And all of a sudden, I felt a hand on the back of my belt. And it just so happened to be my roommate who walked in as I was like this over the railing, teetering. 
stories above the ground. Multiple, multiple times the Lord has stepped in and saved my life. Guns not going off. Knives stopping. No matter what circumstance you're walking through, no matter what your decisions have been, no matter what life has brought you, no matter what you're doing, you can never escape the presence of the Lord. And today I can stand here and I can say, man, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Why am I so thankful today? Why am I so passionate for the Lord today? Because I made a vow that as hard as I ran for the world, I was going to run even harder after Jesus. Because I realized he saved my life. He pulled me up from the pits of hell. He pulled me up from the, from the, uh, from the sinful nature, right? And, and he saved me. And he sanctified me. And he turned my life around. And he, he transformed me. And he's still transforming me on a daily basis, right? But, but I have a reason to be thankful, I have a reason to be grateful. I have a reason to have a, a lifestyle of thankfulness. It's not just an act, but, but every morning when I wake up, I realize, God, you saved my life. Thank you, Jesus. God, you saved me from hell. Thank you, Jesus. God, you, you made your sacrifice for me. Thank you, Jesus. You, you've, you've, you sustained my health. Thank you, Jesus. When, when sometimes it's a great idea for us to look back, not to dwell there, not to live there, not to get all weird about it, but to realize how far the Lord has brought us. To change our perspective just a little bit to realize that even though my situation right now might be a little bit difficult and I'm walking through the mud and I'm walking through the mire and I'm walking through the weeds and, and I'm walking through all this garbage that's happening, right? right. But I could be back there, but I'm not. I, 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 I could be stuck, but I'm not. And, and so I'm able to live a lifestyle of thanksgiving and praise when it is well and when it is not well because I know that through all things I can say it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. Make gratitude a part of your interactions with other people. Whew. Make gratitude a part of your interactions with other people. Ephesians 5, 18 through 20. Ephesians 5, 18 through 20. It says, do not get drunk with wine. <laughs> Maybe someone needs to hear that first part of this going into the holiday season. Do not. 
Y'all, do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit. (laughs) Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Make gratitude and thankfulness a part of your interactions with other people. What, what would it look like should we sit down and allow the Father of lights to come in and sit down at our table and instead of engaging in normal conversation, we focus on uplifting one another around the table. We focus on uplifting one another when we see each other passing in the hallway and we encourage one another in hymns and songs and spiritual songs and, and we, we sing to one another and we share the word with one another and we uplift one another. What, what difference would that make in, in my heart and in my life if we focused on having melody to the Lord between one another. What would that look like? Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together. Stir one another up. In love and good works, not neglecting to meet together. As in like, not, not just here. Right, Sunday morning is great. I love Sunday morning. But what about, what about the care groups throughout the week? What about serving opportunities? What about just going over and hanging out with a friend? What, what about just checking in on, on, uh, on your brother or sister that we know is going through a little something? And, and what, what, what about those times, right? It means all, all, all of that, right? Sunday is the overflow of what happens throughout the week. How are we living throughout the week? What is our focus throughout the week? Where is our perspective throughout the week? Are we, are we not forsaking the gathering together of ourselves throughout the week? Or are we forsaking the gathering together of ourselves throughout the week? And then, and then we come in on Sunday morning and we expect an explosion and we get a little spark and we can't figure out why. Because Sunday is the overflow of your life Monday through Saturday. When we gather together, we should already have our social clubs out of the way. Bless the Lord. Now, it's awesome. I love, I love socializing. I love talking. I love being friendly. And, and we, 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 we totally should, right? We totally should do that, and, and we have time for that uh, before service and after service. Everybody's awesome, and, and it's great. Um, but what difference would it make should we spend the week building one another up and sharpening one another in the word and singing those songs and spiritual hymns and songs to one another as a brother and sister in Christ and, and encouraging one another on to love and the things of the spirit? What, what difference would it make then when we finally all, as a big picture, gather together on a Sunday morning and, and we've built each other up and, and we don't come empty but we come full because we spent the time with one another and we haven't forsaken the gathering together of ourselves 
ourselves, but, but we have taken the time to be in the presence of Jesus all week, and then we come together. What happens? What happens? <laughs> what happens? Encourage one another. So let us consider how to stir one another up to love and works and not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. Guys, it's not going to get any easier. Romans 15, 5 says, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus. Worship team, if y'all want to come back up. I remember a few times in Scripture what happens when people waited on the Lord in one accord. Y'all remember the day of Pentecost. (laughs) Y'all remember the book of Acts. They were all together in one accord. So, so what happens? What happens when we live thankful? What happens when we invite the Father of lights? What, what happens when we transform or allow our lives to be transformed from an act of thankfulness to a lifestyle of thankfulness, allowing the Lord to dwell in our lives, allowing the Lord to dwell within our interactions, allowing that to happen, not forsaking the gathering together of ourselves throughout the week, not forsaking the, the gathering together in, in a care group, in a small group, at a, at a home, at a spontaneous lunch, at a whatever the case might be. The God of endurance the God of encouragement. Grants us to live in such harmony with one another, in accord, in agreement, together, unified, knit together with Jesus.
encourage you today to be transformed, to shift your perspective. Shift your eyesight. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Isaiah 43, 18 through 19 says, Remember not the former things nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. (laughs) A new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Are we looking for it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Somebody here, somebody who's watching online right now is facing a desert. You're facing a wilderness. You've prayed and you've prayed. still feel so dry. Why do I feel like I'm still in the middle of a wilderness? Why do I feel like I'm just burning in a desert? Remember not the former things. Behold, the Lord is doing a new thing. Shift your perspective. Get your eyes off the desert and onto the Lord. He's doing a new thing. Don't you perceive it? He's making a way in the wilderness and rivers in your desert. Ezekiel 36, 26 says, I will give you, I will give you a new heart. And a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. What a precious promise. God, let not my heart get hardened. God, remove from me Remove from me the heart of stone. Remove from me the heart of stone, God. Replace it with a heart of flesh. Replace it with a heart after you. Replace it with a heart after your spirit. God, make the way in the wilderness. Let your stream flow through my desert. God, shift my perspective. 